Bible Treasures Topic 10 Spiritual Gifts Welcome to the Sound Doctrine Telecast. Praise God for all the corrective teaching we received through this series of talks. The subject that we are considering during the last six weeks has been spiritual gifts. And the topic that is before us is how not to operate gifts. So far, we have done six lessons. Lesson number one, do not be ignorant of spiritual gifts. Lesson number two, do not over-differentiate between gifts and talents. Lesson number three, do not be waiting to be pushed. Lesson number four, do not violate biblical principles. Lesson number five, do not exceed your measure. Last week we studied lesson number six. Do not underestimate less spectacular gifts. Today we will move on to lesson number seven. How not to operate gifts. Do not function independently. Do not function independently. Beloved, we want to make a statement right at the outset of this talk. Not independence, but interdependence is the law of the kingdom of God. Do you know no one single individual believer has all the gifts of the Spirit? If that is so, then the body analogy for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ will not fit here. Turn with us to 1 Corinthians 12th chapter where Apostle Paul gives us that nine gifts list in that beautiful passage. Read that from verse 8 to 10. There we have the nine gifts of the Spirit listed out. You know what he goes on to stay immediately after listing out these nine gifts? Look at the 11th words. One and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. In other words, distribution of gifts is given to each individual, but the functioning is mentioned in the twelfth verse. As the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now here we have a beautiful lesson. God gives gifts individually to Christians. But when they begin to function, the truth is very clear. It has to be corporate. Very interesting to observe from verse 12 onwards, even to verse 27, Apostle Paul speaks about this body analogy. Totally 16 verses he has allotted to the treatment of this subject of functioning as a body. I counted in these 16 verses, there are 17 times the word body is mentioned. In other words, no one is gifted enough to live apart from others. And no one is wise enough to live apart from others. 
and no one is strong enough either to live apart from others. That is why when you look at that gift list again very carefully, even from verses 8, 9 and 10 of the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians, there we have nine gifts as we have already mentioned. But did you notice there is one word that comes again and again? To another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. When writing about the nine gifts, eight times the Apostle Paul uses that word to another, to another, to another. That's something which we cannot ignore. And when you come to verse 14, he gives a challenging statement. In fact, the body is not one member, but it is many. He comes up with a challenging question in verse 19. If they were all one member, where would the body be? Beloved, one thing we should never forget. The Holy Spirit never ever dumps all the gifts on a single person. Rather, He distributes. The eleventh words. One and the same Spirit works all these things. Distributing. It is not dumping, but it is distributing. Get that truth. Beloved, even if one person perhaps has more gifts than the other person, there is no ground for boasting whatsoever. You know why? Gifts are given purely because of the grace of God. I have told you earlier that there are three places where we have the gifts of the Spirit listed out. We look at all the three of them and see what stands out. Romans 12th chapter 6th words. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Underline that word grace. Come to Ephesians 4th chapter. Look at the 7th words. There also you find that word grace stands out. Each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Come to First Peter, to the fourth chapter, and we'll read the tenth verse. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So you find everywhere that word grace is stressed. One thing I have noticed during the study of this subject, gifts of the Holy Spirit are the best argument for team ministry. I'm going to present before you some classic examples. We'll begin with the example of Moses and Aaron. Turn with us to the book of Exodus 4th chapter. When God called Moses, he started giving so many excuses. He said he was not eloquent enough to go and present the cause of God. And how did God sort it out? 
Look at verses 14 onwards. Anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well. Look, he is also coming to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. How God is uh, building up a beautiful team here. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and I will teach you what you shall do. He shall be your spokesman to the people. He himself shall be as a mouth for you and you shall be to him as God. Here, God provided as a team member to Moses a person called Aaron who will function as Moses' mouthpiece. And when they went out to function, that's very interesting, the team spirit that they manifested. And Moses was asking God, how will people believe that I am sent by you? God immediately asked Moses, what do you have in your hand? He says, I have just a rod. Come on, throw it on the ground. It became a serpent. He took it on the tail, then it became a rod. God told him in the 17th verse, You shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the sign. And now Moses and Aaron, they go and stand before Pharaoh. You know how they functioned there. Seventh chapter reading from the eighth verse. God spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Shall a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. And now come to the twelfth verse. Now we find that it was Aaron's rod which God used to perform a public miracle. To start with, before God, it was Moses' rod. Standing before Pharaoh, when the miracle power of God was to be displayed, it was Aaron's rod that was used. What a magnanimity, beloved, that Moses, the servant of God, is showing here. This is what we call tame spirit. Now, I am reminded of a classic example from church history. We all know about William Booth, who was the founder of Salvation Army. And he was an unusual saint of God. And he used to minister God's word in most of their major conferences. But once he was not able to make it to a particular conference. And the co-workers were very perturbed and they were very disturbed. Immediately William both sent a telegram. You know what the telegram was? Single word telegram. This is what he wrote. Others. Others. There was such a great blessing in that conference as history would tell us. Yes, beloved, it is usually very difficult for the top leaders to equip and entrust the next liners with responsibilities. Now that is why we read in First Corinthians 12th chapter. I look at the 21st words. We will read the second portion of the 21st words. The head cannot say to the feet, I have no need of you. Head speaks about topmost, feet speak about lowermost. Here I would like to deduce a practical lesson. 
pastors and leaders should do all that is possible to equip and involve the entire congregation or the entire group to do God's work. Now, otherwise, you know what will happen? Some will be overtaxed and others will be underemployed. Now, Paul was very careful to equip individuals as well as congregations. Turn with us to 2 Timothy 1st chapter. Here are the six words. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Here he is ministering to an individual and equipping him. And there is a congregational example which you read in Romans 1st chapter. 11th verse. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you all may be established. Now if pastors and leaders not, are not careful enough to equip believers like this, you know what will happen? A very pathetic condition which once existed in the history of Israel will repeat in our churches. First Samuel 13th chapter. Look at the 22nd words. So it came about on the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan, but they were found only with Saul and with Jonathan his son. What is happening today? Pastors and leaders have got all the gifts and facilities, but people are paupers. They don't have anything to equip them. Now this is something not to laugh at, but this is something to lament over. I think we should join Deborah, the prophetess, to lament over this condition. Book of Judges, 5th chapter. Second portion of the 8th verse. There was not a shield or spear was found among the 40,000 in Israel. What a pathetic condition. What an awful condition, beloved. Beloved, I would like to turn your attention to a New Testament example for a teamwork. Third chapter of Acts of the Apostles. We'll read one verse and then we'll go on to explain that story. There we know there was a lame beggar who was seated at the beautiful gate of the temple. And when you look at the fourth words, you know what Peter and John tell them? Fourth words. Fixing his eye on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. Peter did not say, look at me. John did not say, look at me. But Peter and John together, they said, look at us. Read the entire third chapter and fourth chapter together. So many times, you know, you come across that phrase, Peter and John. Peter and John. It's a teamwork. God honors it. The 16th verse of the fourth chapter. People were wondering, what shall we do to these men? Indeed, that a notable, remarkable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Today, some miracles are happening, but unusual miracles are not happening. We don't have any self-advertising miracles these days. Why? Because we are all functioning as independent people. We are not functioning interdependently. Only 
even we work together as a team, beloved, unexpected things would happen. You know, when Jesus Christ took the 12 disciples and before sending them, he gave them power over demonic spirits. But when he took the 70 and sent them, he gave them power only to heal diseases. But what happened? When the 70 returned, they were so excited and with exuberance, you know what they said, even the demons obey us. So that is something which they did not expect, so the unexpected happened. Having sent them for ministry, you know what Jesus saw? I saw Satan falling like a lightning. The power of the team ministry. Oh, may the Lord enable us to understand the importance of working as a team so that the power of God will again flood into the congregations and communities. Another classic example could be Paul and Barnabas in Lystra. Read that in the 14th chapter of Acts of the Apostles. A crippled man was totally healed, totally made sound. And immediately, you know, people came and they gave some names to Barnabas and Paul. They gave the name Jupiter to Barnabas. You know why? Jupiter is the leader god in the Greek gods. And they gave the name Mercury to Paul. Mercury is a spokesman god among the Greek gods. In other words, one was an organizer and the other was a speaker. So Barnabas was the organizer and Paul was a speaker. Even that organization among them, people were able to notice, isn't it? No competition, but complementation. That's what I would call as operation in cooperation. And I want to close with a word to the leaders. When you give correction to people, never ever turn negative. Negativism will usually kill people. When you read 1 Corinthians 14th chapter, when Paul is dealing at the difference between tongues and prophesying, he was very gentle, he was very careful, lest he become very negative. Even when he came to the end of that chapter, you know what he said? Forbid not to speak in tongues. In this series of corrective teaching, I also consciously keep this mind so that I may not become negative. Recently, Campus Crusade for Christ has brought out a statistics. Because we do not equip the saints properly, it takes 1,000 Christians and 6 pastors for over a period of one full year to bring one person to Jesus Christ. How pathetic. Let us stop this trend and get into interdependent spirit. How not to operate gifts. Do not function independently. God bless you.